out America. Boy, things are looking pretty uh, scary over there in France. Have you been, you know, keeping up on it? Uh, all over something as simple as pensions, uh, you know, when you can retire. Over here, we don't get our money. We get some of it at 67 when we can draw on our Social Security. Uh, but they encourage you, well, you can do it at 65, I think, but they encourage you to wait. And then that gives them a little extra time to keep their keep your money. And that's it. And then you, you know, we here in America know <laughs> that you're not going to be living off your Social Security. That is not going to happen. <laughs> you're a fool if you think that you are going to live off Social Security, especially unless you live a very, very, uh, how, how shall we say, frugal existence. And people are learning. And this is why it's such a tragedy to have this man in the White House who has... Uh, he and his feds have completely obliterated what what was a stable financial environment just two and a half years ago before COVID. And we would have recovered if we hadn't had the bad advice of a starstruck doctor uh, and went into lockdown mode and destroyed our economy and uh, everything else. We would have pulled out, I think, okay, the great American machine would have survived. But this is what happens when you run your life by emotions. And this is what happened in the Trump administration. Anyway, here is what's going on in France. Uh, and it, listen to, to everything that's going on. This is a Russ, guy by the name of Russ Cullen from Newsmax. Uh, this sounds pretty bad for France. France is, I think, the second most powerful economic power in Europe. It's either France, Germany's number one. I don't know if it's the UK or France, but, but needless to say... They are an important world power. Guys, a uh, real embarrassment for France with the postponement today, Friday, of the visit by King Charles III and Queen Consort Camilla to France due to get underway on Sunday. It would have been an amazing occasion for Emmanuel Macron to showcase France, the first overseas visit by the king before his coronation. It would have been a real set-piece event uh, for France and for the president, Emmanuel Macron. But the recent situation with the deterioration in the security situation related to the pensions crisis. We are seeing an increase in the violence. We are seeing an increase in the number of uh, the protests as well taking place related to France's pension reform. And another day of mass mobilisation scheduled for Tuesday the 28th, right in the middle of the uh, the King's visit. They were due to have a lavish state banquet in the Golden Palace of Versailles. That would have been a, a real jar. It would have been inappropriate, perhaps, for um, Emmanuel Macron to be dining in white tie with the King when there is such a serious domestic political crisis going on uh, as well. It would have been tricky optics uh, for the British and for the French uh, government. And so they have decided to postpone the visit to later in the year, Emmanuel Macron saying today, Friday, that it makes sense to do so when the time is calmer. That could well be at the start of the summer, the French president uh, suggested. The overall situation, though, remains very tense. The uh, protesters uh, came out in numbers on Thursday, the biggest street demonstration we have seen so far, and there have been nine major days of social action and industrial action since the start of the year against the French government's plan to raise the retirement age from 60 
62 to 64. They've promised uh, further demonstrations until and unless the government scraps its reforms. It has no intention of doing so. And so at the moment, the current picture is pretty uncertain. The government is refusing to budge and the unions are refusing to back down. So once again, that's uh, Newsmax reporter Russ Collin on the state of France. And I would assert it was just last year or the year before where you had French protests, the Yellow Vest. Remember the Yellow Vest? And I know up north in Belgium, they are also not very happy there with new stringent policies on, of all things, fertilizer. And that happens to be connected to the whole global, global climate uh, fiasco that's going on. This is what I think is happening in France. I think that the people there are, are tired of their leadership, just like we're tired of our leadership. I think they're tired of these nerdy wells that run their country, including the EU, uh, with draconian measures. I think they're tired of immigrants. I think that they're tired of having to worry about what they say when it comes to trans ideology and the cult of trans in France is just through the roof. A couple of days ago, there were a couple of women teachers that were arrested and charged with hate crimes and sued by two LGBTQ organizations because they refused to respect someone's pronouns. And people on social media can be charged with a crime if it's deemed insightful to uh, certain victim groups. So the people in France are living the totalitarian, totalitarian nightmare that their parents warned them about. This thing about the uh, the pushing back the retirement and when you can get your pensions, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Most people, the young people, they're not, they're not worried about their pensions right now. Older people are for sure. But younger people under the age of 40 make up the bulk of the population of France. And I don't know if they're as upset about that as much as they're just upset in general at the fact that their government has turned into a a totalitarian regime. I don't know how Macron got elected. So maybe somebody ought to look into their system. So it, it's not good for the people of France, and they're having to endure, like many in the West are having to endure, poor uh, leadership. That's why we have our, of all the problems in, in the country that stem from our energy supply, everything that we do in our country is rooted in our access to energy. The cheaper the energy, the cheaper it is for us to execute whatever it is that we need to do. Drive, deliver, produce, everything is tied to, to the price of energy. So why the hell is our Secretary of Energy worried about gas stoves? Think about the idiocy of this. She's testifying before Congress, the physics of gas stoves? Where is that stupid little thing? We are having an energy crisis. If you haven't noticed, over the past two weeks, gas prices are inching up again. Our president is over getting on his hands and knees, begging the Saudis to release more oil so that they could keep the prices artificially low. We saw that. Remember, during the last elections, Biden went over and said, can you keep the gas prices low so that it won't uh, bode well or bode against us during this uh, 2022 race? So with all the problems that we're having with energy and access to it and everything else, here's our Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm. 
The gas stoves that would be impacted are high impact, high, excuse me, high-end gas stoves for the, you know, the more ex most expensive gas stoves. And the reason why they were, uh, they were found to be inadequate is because in many cases they have very heavy grates <laughs> and the burners can be an oval shape, which causes uh, an excess amount of natural gas to be emitted relative to the pot that's on there. I think they have a requirement for the people that are in our administration. They must be idiots. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, uh, it reminds me of this, our sound clip of the week from last week. By anyone's limited ability to understand what's possible. Because when we, when we grasp what's really happening, right? Okay. <laughs> when we really <laughs> assess the situation at hand and see who is being burdened by who. The gas stoves that would be are high impact, high, excuse me, high end gas stoves for the, you know, the more ex most expensive gas stoves. And the reason why they were, uh, they were found to be inadequate Start is because in many analyze. cases they're very heavy. Grace. Exactly. Where? It's just not good. Uh, that's, you know, you look over and you look at what's happening in France and you can say to yourself, you know, could that happen here? How, how close are we, uh, to this grand experiment going bye-bye? And, and that's why I say you have to watch very closely. This is the situation that we're in right now and we need to sober up. It is a time for change. No question. So congratulations to Kevin McCarthy. And we've got a listener email coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to Speaking Out, America. Most people can objectively say about this uh, potential indictment is that it's based on very little law and a lot of politics. You know, there's that old joke of a doctor telling his patient, you're not paranoid because people really are out to get you. Uh, you know, the same can be true in the sense of Donald Trump's complaints about the politicalization or weaponization of the criminal justice system. Welcome back. Speaking out, America. The pending indictment of Donald Trump. The saga continues. Uh, we got a chance to watch what I thought was a good, healthy five minutes of intelligent conversation. I tell you how much I love Maria Bartiromo. I just think she's fantastic. If there was anybody who could take the reins from Don Imus, it's Maria. Forget all the noise on the other stations. Maria on, on Fox on business just fantastic she's got she's got more cojones than she, I, I tell you what man if, if if i was if she was in a a wrestling match with that idiot over there what's his name the guy who does morning joe scarborough if they were in a death match or a cage match i bet you that she'd have Bar scarborough on the ground crying mommy within 30 seconds anyway they had a nice uh, interchange this morning about the presence of Trump. And it was just, I want to share this with you because it's just good quality content. 
So here we go with Jim Jordan, uh, who made a great appearance this morning on Mornings with Maria. Mr. Chairman, thanks very much for being here this morning. What, what is your response to Bragg's uh, response to you? You're breaching his <laughs> sovereignty. Well, they're saying we're interfering. How about they're interfering with a federal election? Remember, Maria, the the Justice Department wasn't going to bring this case. The previous district attorney, Cy Vance, wasn't going to bring this case, didn't bring this case. And even Alvin Bragg himself, when he first gets elected, said, there's no way I'd bring this case. I can't put Michael Cohen on the witness stand. I can't have this guy who lied to Congress six times, who went to prison for lying. I can't bring this case. And then all of a sudden he changes his mind. And what was the intervening event? President Trump announces he's running for president and he's leading in every single poll. So I think that's what changed his mind. In addition to the two guys we want to talk to, Mr. Pomerantz, Mr. Dunn, who were his assistants and resigned when Alvin Bragg said he wasn't going to bring the case, threw a pitch to fit, got the left all fired up. And now it looks like he is going to bring this case forward. So we want to talk to Mr. Pomerantz, Mr. Dunn, find out exactly what was going on here. And we want the documents and communications. After all, federal money goes to this district attorney's office, and we're talking about the most important federal election we have, election for president of the United States. So you think he will then bring bring the case forward, then? You think Trump will be indicted? I do not know. Uh, I mean, you know, we've all been sort of expecting something this week. That's what's been reported. So we don't know. We got the letter back from Mr. Bragg yesterday, 10 o'clock. We've reviewed the letter. We're going to continue to review it, talk to our colleagues, talk to our legal counsel, talk to House counsel and figure out what may happen next. But the reason we sent the letter to Mr. Pomerantz, Mr. Dunn, is we really want to talk to those two individuals and they no longer work at the uh, district attorney's office. Well, this is why you have the weaponization subcommittee. I mean, all of the politics that are running through all of our agencies when we all know that there has been uh, influence peddling in plain sight. All that evidence on the Biden laptop, and yet White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre is dodging questions about the Biden family's connections to CEFC, the Chinese energy company, where uh, the big guy was to get 10 percent. Watch this. House Oversight says they've got bank records showing a Chinese energy company paying three Biden family members through a third party. What were they paid for? I'm just not going to respond to that from here. We have heard from House Republicans for years and years and years um, how uh, how the inaccuracies and lies when it comes to this issue. Really? Years and years and years we've been lying about Hunter Biden with a laptop. I don't know if that was years and years. I think maybe two and a half years. And uh, the Democrats squashed it along with big tech, social media, Facebook, everybody else said, ah, that's just Russian disinformation. So I don't know where this woman can stand up there and say that for years and years and years we've been making this stuff up. It's just unbelievable. Let's continue to listen. And I don't even where to begin to even answer that question. So she says it's inaccuracies and lies. I mean, we've got new emails obtained from America First Legal finding that the office of then Vice President Biden tried to squash a Bloomberg news story about Hunter Biden at the request of Hunter's firm. So they were putting out fires about uh, the truth along the way, Congressman. Yeah, and, and Peter Ducey asked the right question. What did they yeah. do for the money? What service did they provide? What what value did they add? What were they doing for $3 million coming to Robinson Walker, who then distributed to Biden family members? 
What do they do? So I think that's sort of the fundamental question. And the idea that Republicans are coming after the Biden, I mean, look, we just want the facts and put the facts on the table. But the Democrats have been going after President Trump now for seven and a half years. I mean, first it was Russia, then it was his phone call with Zelensky, then give us his tax records, then his business records, then his kids' fa- uh, business records. And now maybe this issue in, in, in the district attorney's office in Manhattan. I mean, they have never stopped. And it's funny because everything they said was going to put President Trump in jail. None of that stuff did. None of it did. And, and again, here we go one more time with the Democrats. And yet they turn around and say, we're the ones who are going after. We just want to put the facts on the table. We want to ask that fundamental question. What did you do to get $3 million transferred uh, through this guy to the Biden family members? And that's only one deal. James Comer told us there's right. 11 more deals. But do you think that the Manhattan DA is going after Trump because the Republicans are going after Hunter Biden's business deals? I think he's I think he's facing the uh, the left of the pressure from the left and these two individuals who who left and, and pitched the fit and threw all the th- made all the noise and wrote the book. Uh, and I think it's really driven by the fact President Trump announced. Remember, yeah. they've been out to get President Trump. First, it was first. It was the uh, Trump Russia investigation yeah. in 2016. Right. Then it was yeah. Mueller and on and on it goes. So I think it's I think it's all that combination. What are you going to do, Congressman, you and your colleagues as this uh, election season heats up? You've got Ron DeSantis. We're expecting to come in. I just had a great conversation with Mike Pence. You've got Tim Scott uh, probably coming through. You've got, of course, those who have already announced Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. And then you've got President Trump. Who will you support? Oh, I'm for President Trump. Been for President Trump. No one is. No one has done more what he said he would do when he got elected. I, I think the best president certainly in our lifetime. So I'm for President Trump. I want him to win. Now we got a lot of a lot of other good candidates, uh, and there, I'm for Mike Pompeo. I served with him. A great guy. Ron DeSantis served with him. He was one of the original nine who helped us form the Freedom Caucus. But I'm for President Trump. Yeah, Mike. I'm kind of excited about it too. That's uh, the interchange this morning on Mornings with Maria on Fox Business with Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan, and a whole host of issues and topics that they discuss there. But it, it is it gives me great encouragement to know that we have such a bench of good people that uh, could easily be uh, 10 times better as an executive in the, in the Oval Office than what we currently are, are stuck with. And that's just, it's, it is being stuck with something because it's just, it is what it is. And we, we, as Americans, I always used to believe that one man could not destroy this country, but gosh, darn it. If Joe Biden isn't trying to do that. Um, so we also want to kind of dig into the mailbag and while we have a minute or two left, just kind of read some letters that I've been getting from around the country on the speaking out America.com program. And don't forget, you can also email us, at speakingoutamerica.com. You can also email us at speakingoutamerica at gmail.com. So this one comes from Sam in Huntington Beach. And he writes, do you think Trump will win against DeSantis? Many think Trump can't win because he will lose to Democrats who hate Trump so much that they would be willing to vote for Joe again. What do you think? Uh, I don't think that Joe Biden will run. I think there'll be some ailment that befalls him. He'll announce that he's running, but then there'll be some backroom deals, and it, he, he, there's no way that he could do another four years. It's not going to happen. Uh, that, that's just physics. Do I think that Trump will run? Yes. Do I think DeSantis will run? Yes. I think that when it gets to the primaries and we've made our decision, 
then that is the person the Republicans will get around uh, or they'll get behind. Uh, I think if he won and if the Democrats block his ability to serve his duties, then it's going to just be four more years of a lot of noise. So that's what we have to be prepared for is a lot of noise. Uh, let's see here. We got one here. Cindy and Billings writes, you mentioned on your show that you think climate change isn't real. But then you go on to say that the weather is weird, and, but it's natural. How do you know that? Well, this is, I, I've gotten to this before. It's real simple. Uh, climate change is real. Climate is always changing. Man doesn't have anything to do with climate. He might have some weather effect in, in large cities where there's lots of, like L.A., New York, where you've got cement as far as the eye can see. Yeah, that could increase a little bit of the surface temperature. But carbon is not the driver of weather. That's the lie. Carbon is not the driver of weather. Carbon makes up about 0.04% of the atmosphere. It's like saying a big lighter can raise the temperature of a room that's 10 by 10 inside with a window open. And by the way, if, you, uh, if, if someone tells you that it's settled science or consensus science, what they're telling you that it's not settled and it's still very much a hypothesis. So there you go. And then Jeff from Simi Valley writes, uh, Dear JR, what is the music that you use to end your show? And actually, that uh, music actually is coming up here in just a few seconds. And it is uh, from Electric Light Orchestra. And it is called Mr. Blue Sky. And I love it because it's an optimistic orchestrated number. I think Jeff Lynn is a great producer and it, it just seems to fit. And I always like to leave things on a positive note. So I'm going to leave things on a positive note, and I hope that you have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you back here Monday. JR, speakingoutamerica.com. <laughs>